Welcome to ECP Viewpoints, a podcast from Cooper Vision, where we're bringing better vision to the world. Hello, and welcome to this second episode of the ECP Viewpoints podcast, featuring our best practices honorees for 2021. I'm Dr. Jennifer Palambi, and I'm the Senior Manager of Professional Education and Development here at Cooper Vision. Our topic today is myopia management education, ideas, and tactics. And we are joined by two of this year's Best Practices honorees, Dr. Nathan Bonilla-Warford from Bright Eyes Family Vision Care in Tampa, Florida, and Dr. Amina Cosme from Bel Air Family Eye Care in Bel Air, Texas. So welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for joining me for this chat today. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for having us. us. I'm excited. Absolutely. So, you know, I had the pleasure of chatting this topic with both of you prior to this call. And, you know, it's so interesting to me, all of the different ways and pathways and reasons that people in our profession end up embracing uh, myopia management and what it's done for their practice. So I'm excited to talk to both of you about that today. I wonder if we could start by each of you just telling us a little bit about your practice and what got you started in the myopia management space, because I think we can both, we consider both of you to be early adopters in this. And it's so interesting to hear those stories about how that path shaped up for you. Um, Amina, do you want to start on that and just tell us a little bit about your practice and background and how you got where you are? Sure, absolutely. Um, So like you mentioned, I am located in Bel Air, Texas, which is just a smaller neighborhood in the center of Houston. So globally, we consider ourselves Houston. We capture that small Bel Air neighborhood as well as all the other suburbs surrounding the Houston area. We are a practice of four doctors, and we kind of pride ourselves in offering every subspecialty that a patient could need. Within our practice, we have pediatric binocular vision care with vision therapy. We offer sports vision, dry eye specialty, uh, specialty contact lenses, and of course, myopia management. Um, so we kind of encompass it all when you combine all of us together. I like to tell patients that unless we're sending you out for surgery, we're not sending you out. We can take care of it all within the office um, and by just inter-referring between the four of us. So it's kind of a little bit of a powerhouse, but it's also really nice. Uh, It's helped grow our practice. Uh, We see the full family and friends of the family. So um, it's really been a great tool practice management-wise as well to incorporate all of our specialties together. Um, For myself, I got interested in myopia management as a student when I was in optometry school. I went to UHCO here in Houston, um, and Dr. Earl Smith, who's really big in myopia management research, he uh, lectured in a couple of our classes and just touched on the idea of myopic defocus and how we can be um, intervening and preventing pediatric patients from becoming the minus six patient that I myself am, and that was completely novel to me. I never heard of it before. Um, So it really piqued my interest. And that's pretty much the extent of what exposure I got to it in school. But once I was uh, in my fourth year rotations, I very um, intently chose a rotation site that was offering myopia management to their um, patients um, in order to further get experience. And it's actually one of the sites that I went to is where I work now. So I've just you know, added to the practice and helped it grow further and, and incorporated new methodologies as they came out. 
A natural transition for sure. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. One of the practices you chose for that purpose. That's really It cool. worked out very well. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Nate, how about you? I know your journey was a little bit different and tied very much to an, a pre-existing interest in vision therapy and, and developmental vision, correct? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. So I, uh, I graduated from uh, ICO in 2004. And while I was in optometry school, I, I did. I fell in love with pediatric vision in general and binocular vision and vision therapy uh, in particular. And, and so I already sort of had that, that interest in vision development and uh, helping empower young patients. And um, it turns out Earl Smith is a pretty influential guy because uh, I saw him lecture. I don't remember if it was when I was in my residency or a few years afterwards. I don't remember which meeting it was, but I absolutely remember that was the first time that I took myopia control seriously. Before I had sort of like heard about it. It was sort of one of those things that doctors were doing. But after I saw his lecture and I looked at, you know, some of the research that that he his team had been doing, I said like, okay, you know, this is this is for real. And so right away I, I started researching and going and you know going to more meetings and you know and learning more. Um, and then and then the second part of my sort of myopia adventure is um patients were straight up Asking me for it, they said, "I know you work with kids. We, you know, we've we've come, you know, this uh, distance to have have an exam, and this is a concern I have. And I've done some research. I know that this is this is out there. You know, would you be willing to, you know, help help my child? And I'm I wasn't gonna say no, <laughs> you know. And that's um, you know, that was you know, ten ten or twelve years ago. Now, you know, that's not a rare occurrence. It's like a daily occurrence." Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, there's nothing like the patients coming to you and saying, hey, I need this thing, <laughs> right, um, to really motivate on that front. Um, so, you know, so I've already touched on the fact that both of you clearly are, are fall into the early adopter um, category, I think, overall, if we look at where the entire profession is in terms of myopia management, which I imagine allows you to have a fairly unique niche or presence in your market. So, um, you know, in that realm of myopia management, how have you used that to di differentiate your practice in your communities? Um, well, uh, so when we decided that we wanted to truly fully embrace uh, myopia control, in addition to the uh, vision therapy and, and sports sports vision that, that we do, that was one of the reasons why we decided to open up a, a second location that was called Bright Eyes Kids. So just like there's like Gap and, you know, Gap Kids, we have two, two brands. We have Bright Eyes Family Vision Care and then, you know, Bright Eyes Kids. And then um, having that second location that's exclusively for pediatric patients and that brand uh, you know, makes it um, a lot easier to, I think, communicate with both parents and other professionals that, you know, that we're we're taking this, you know, seriously. Like this is something that we are, you know, we're we are committed to uh, fully, and 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 that's and that's really well well received. It it allows us to, you know, really, I think, have the the freedom or or, or flexibility to do. Um, uh, myopia management on, on a really, you know, high level. And I'm sure that this is true for, 
you know, for amina too. But if we start off with one patient, we may, they might start off in, um, uh, you know, soft multifocal, you know, contacts, but then for one reason or another, they may want to, you know, switch to ortho K or it could go the, you know, um, it could go the other way around. Um, and because we have the full kind of encompassing program, you know, they're, they're kind of on board for the long haul. You know, this is not just something they stop by and do. They are like invested with our, our office and our staff and, and our doctors. You know, Amina, that reminds me of our conversation around this. And you said, and we were talking about the level of commitment um, that's required to do this very well. And I think Dr. Nate just introduced that concept. So, you know, so completely because it is a commitment, not only on the part of the practice to really undertake this in a meaningful way, but then to have that conversation um, to convey that commitment on behalf of the patient as well. Um, so what does that conversation look like for you? Of course, we heard, you know, it's always nice when they come to us and say, hey, this is something I want. Um, but when you detect those those emerging myopes, how does that conversation look for, for you and your patients? And Dr. Nate, when I'd love to hear that from you too. I think it's such a valuable part of the entire journey. Absolutely. So we really kind of front load the patient and the parent when they were talking about myopia. So we detect it. We let them know that, hey, we're finding some nearsightedness. Traditionally in optometry, a pair of glasses and meet you back next year was the route to go. But now, you know, myopia management is in the forefront. It is where our scope of practice is trending. There are things that we can do to intervene that did not exist before. And these are the options that we have. And we literally break it down for them between soft multifocal contact lenses versus the ortho-K option versus the atropine drop option. And we touch on the behavioral um, aspects that they can kind of adjust at home as well. Um, And we use that chair time to introduce the topic as a whole. And a lot of times it's the first time that they're hearing about it. I know Dr. Nate said that there are some patients that come in knowing about it, and that's always great because it, it makes the conversation a lot more, more easy and manageable. But when it's their first time, we also kind of try to stay ahead of the, the question that we know they're going to ask, which is, why haven't we heard of this before? So we touch on, you know, research has been more focused on this lately than before. It is something that requires certain lenses require extra certification that you might not have had at the other practice that you went to previously, um, but it's not too late. We can still take action now, and the sooner we do, the better it is. Um, a lot of times, it's also respecting the fact that the parents are going to need to digest the information. So I often will present the information. We have packets ready to send home with them that includes things as simple as a brochure from the manufacturer, um, printouts of simulations of what a minus one versus a minus four patient sees and idea of how progression can make other factors more, um, more uh, other risk factors more common, like developing cataracts and glaucoma. So we touch on everything in that packet. We send it home with them. We even include a journal article, like a myopia review that kind of addresses all the methods that you could use to intervene and their efficacy. And then we say, hey, like, take this home, let it marinate, digest it all, and let's meet back and and we can pursue this further. And if there is some reluctancy, sometimes we'll encourage like a three-month follow-up, but let's get that scheduled today. That way you get a reminder phone call about it and it doesn't fall off your radar. And if there is a little bit more eagerness that we detect, then we'll maybe see them back sooner. 
And I feel like that's really helped uh, in terms of capturing patients. And even if you don't hear back from them for three or six months, when you do see them again, and a lot of times the patient has progressed, you mention it again, and then it really resonates with them. Hey, last time I met you, you were 0.5 diopters less than you are now. Look at the difference. And, and then it usually leads to a capture. No, that's great. That sounds like a really comprehensive and surround sounds kind of approach um, that still takes into account the individual. And Dr. Nate, I saw you doing all kinds of nodding during that. So I suspect that that, <laughs> that you take a very similar approach. Did you want to talk about anything you might do a little differently or where it's exactly the same for you? Um, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot of difference. I, I think I could fill in some of the some of the extra stuff. I mean, one thing is that uh, it's just absolutely important that the entire staff understand myopia management and be on board because you never know, uh, you never know who's going to answer the phone or, you know, who's going to be standing in the optical when a parent like all of a sudden has a question, you know, about it. And, and so that's one thing that we've worked hard on making sure that we, uh, my wife, who's a, a licensed optician and she, works in the practice, you know, and I, we both lecture in our, our communities to both optometrists and opticians. And so we have some presentations on, on, uh, myopia management and, um, and children's vision, children's contact lenses. And so we've done those presentations for, for all of the staff, no matter what their, their role is. So, you know, making sure that they're on board and then having the staff that has the most contact with the patients, like the optometric uh, assistants, they have, you know, extra, extra training. You know, so that, so that's one thing. So so we want to make sure that we give patients a very unified message uh, from from beginning to end. And you know, being being proactive is just is just so so important. You know, even before they're myopic. You know, when they are when they are hyperopic, but they are sort of trending lower. You know, is the time to you know lay that foundation for. Like, okay, you know, this is what we're seeing. This is what's going to happen. This is why we're going to watch it. And once they, you know, become myopic, and especially if they have a strong family history, and especially if they have a sibling that's already, um, you know, that uh, requires uh, myopia management, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly saying, you know, I you know, refer to this so often, where it's like, okay, well, you know, you have myopia. Myopia is a, is a condition that requires a short term and a long term management. So short term, you need to be able to see, to play sports, to see the board, etc. Long term, we need to make sure we keep your eyes healthy and we keep the prescription as low as possible. And and by presenting both the short and long term as both necessary and both equal weight, but it's also just very matter of fact. It's like, this is the way we do it. This is the way it has to be. Um, and I feel like when you present it that way, you know, um, I was... I, well, one thing I don't do that I, I heard a lecturer once say is you really need to scare them. You really, you know, really need to say you must do this or else they're going to go blind. And, you know, I think it's important to educate them. I think they need to understand why, but we do not go in for the hard sell because it takes multiple visits to educate them and we want them to come back. We don't want them to say like, Oh, that, <laughs> that was, you know, that was too much. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and so, um, and, and I think most of us who, who most of the, you know, the doctors, you know, like Dr. Amina, you know, and myself, you know, who do this seriously, um, have kind of, uh, 
evolve to a, a similar point in our and in, in the way we, we communicate to patients. Absolutely. I, I think it's definitely not about the sale. You're not trying to push anything on them. You just want to educate them that it's something serious and something can be done for it. And I like to reflect on my own experience. Like I alluded to, I'm pretty much almost a minus six. So I bring my own self into it. Like I wish this was something that I could have been doing. I was the minus 150 in fourth grade when I started wearing glasses. And, and this is where I ended up. And had this been an option or something that I knew about, I would have, I would have done it. And um, I think that just emphasizing that it's standard of care now rather than something special. And is it something you want to do? No, it's something we should be doing. And this is why. And I think when you, um, guide your conversation in that direction, like this is the solution and this is what we should be doing rather than just, hey, you could get glasses, but do you also want to prevent it from getting worse? I think that gets people more on board and they understand a lot better. And um, there's tools out there that you can use that help. Um, there's calculators online that can predict where a patient might end up based off of where, where their prescription is now and their age and other risk factors that, um, they, that are attributed to them and it can help us figure out like, hey, right now you're 12 and you're a minus two, but by the time you're 17, you're trending to being a minus five, a minus 550. And we can try to keep you closer to this minus two. So I think that predictor, um, that prediction is very helpful. Um, and then simulating even in the exam room with plus powered lenses for the parent, especially if they're not myopic and they can't relate to what the patient is actually seeing and how they're experiencing the world. If you use plus powered lenses really simply in your exam room, you can drive that point home very quickly. Um, and I think that that's also helped in terms of getting people excited about it. A lot of times the conversation shifts from when, I mean, should we do this to when can we get this started? Yeah, and it's an important transition, um, certainly in, in the mindset. Um, so it, as you've built your practices and you both have very successful my, myopia management practices, is there any form of marketing um, that either of you have found just seems to work better than others in terms of really connecting with those parents? Or is it more a word of mouth sort of scenario since it is a relatively unique offering for your areas? Dr. Nate, do you do anything um, specific here or something that you found works much better than other tactics? So uh, I, I have a couple answers to that. Um, one is uh, nothing trumps word of mouth ever. And, you know, I mean, when patients know uh, a family member, you know, a sibling, uh, a classmate, um, you know, they, you know, uh, that really, you know, they already have a lot of education and sometimes some misinformation, but, but they already have, you know, they already have an idea. And so, so that's, that's always the best. And, and, and the, the more you do it and the, the more, uh, more people that are out there and the more doctors who are providing this service, then the more word of mouth, you know, there is. I mean, I remember, you know, just when, when somebody would come in and knowing about, you know, myopia management, I used to be like so excited because I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. They actually like know what's going on. You know, that was great. You know, um, uh, so, you know, so, so that's one thing. Um, I would also say we do not do much, um, paid external, um, marketing, but there's two things that we, we do do that are, are really effective. And one is, uh, regular communication with, 
um, uh, optometrists and other professionals in, you know, in our, you know, our Tampa Bay area, our metropolitan area, you know, we will send out letters that'll have, um, updates. Cause I mean, right now the science, um, of myopia management is advancing so quickly, you know, almost every day there's some sort of news or some sort of something relevant going on. So, so, you know, making sure that we stay in contact with, uh, the doctors in the area, a lot of them, um, are very happy to refer for either because they get asked point blank by parents or they, they believe in it and yeah, they just don't, uh, want to take the time, you know, to do it because they have other interests, you know, so, so that's a really, you know, valuable part. And then the second part of the, the, the marketing that we do isn't so much paid marketing, but just, you know, having the, the social media presence and, you know, constantly updating, um, our social media with, you know, pictures of happy, you know, happy myopia management, you know, patients and, you know, they've got their, their, their kits and, you know, their boxes and, you know, th their bags and, you know, they're, they're happy. Um, you know, that, you know, that sort of social proof that we're, you know, we're constantly putting out there. Uh, it, it absolutely, it absolutely does make a difference for, you know, for patients who are, who are interested. So I would say, you know, those are the, those are the main ways. Mina, have you found that to be about the same for you? Is there um, any other tactic? Completely hit the nail on the head. Those, especially aside from the word of mouth, which I agree, that's the number one. But the other two that you mentioned, just keeping in touch with other doctors in your area that are not necessarily specialized in this. Um, we send out the same packets that I mentioned that we send our parents home with. We send those out to some of our clinics nearby that refer to us often. So that way that they can distribute those as they feel appropriate when they're referring them over. We also use our social media, like you mentioned, with those pictures and the videos of the happy patients. But we also will sometimes do like a weekly video. It's just like a one minute quick video where we touch on a topic. It's not always myopia, but we will dedicate a week to it here and there. And we just kind of break it down. One video will be what is myopia? And the next one will be what can we do about it and what interventions are available? And we just kind of um, dedicate the week to that topic. And I feel like that's kind of gained traction as well. Patients will come in saying they heard about it through our Instagram page and, and they want to know more. It's interesting how, how hearing both of your thoughts on this is really kind of ties back to our very topic, which is education around myopia management and that it's really not so much a marketing exercise, even when it comes to promoting your practice, is it as an ongoing communication and education exercise? One of the things I love about social media specifically is that you really can, you can market yourself, but in the process of educating um, people in our area, um, you can educate people all over the country and, you know, and all over the world. There are times when I, um, I've done, uh, videos on, on TikTok and people from all over are like super interested in some of this, you know, technology and they're super, you know, worried. And so I'll try to, uh, you know, connect them with providers in, you know, in their area so that they can, you know, so they can get the services. And there's a lot of interest out there. So I feel like not only, are we sort of educating our our own patient base, but we're all sort of incrementally uh, contributing to just sort of the more mainstreaming and uh, uh, you know the education of sort of the population you know in general, and we all sort of contribute to that in our own ways, and I and I feel like you know that all adds up for sure. 
it's a group effort to combat this epidemic, right? Um, it, you know, Dr. Nate, you mentioned the TikTok videos and so forth, and I know that you have partnered with our Brilliant Futures team on some of those social media assets. So I have to ask, and I, I'd love to hear this from both of you as well, is has the FDA approval of my site um, helped either support those conversations or grow that myopia management practice, either in terms of referrals or retention or just the strength of having an FDA-approved product now? Have you found that that's influenced those things for either of your practices? I mean, I can start with you. Yes, I absolutely think it has made a difference because we have talked about these topics for years and years now. And I think that nothing that we have implemented has gained as much traction and as quickly as my site did. And the only thing that I can attribute that to is the FDA approval. Um, when I say it, I see eyes kind of open a little wider and the interest gets a little bit more real. Um, and it's also something that's a little bit more familiar to pa parents because a lot of times they'll be contact lens wearers and they've never heard of orthokeratology, but they're familiar with the soft lens. And so the idea is just a lot easier to digest. So they're more open to contacts to begin with. And then you say, hey, why not do this contact lens that also helps prevent progression and it's FDA approved and backed by research that has been done on children from eight to 12 but in your child's age range. So they're a lot more open to it. They're less reluctant to jump into a contact lens on their first eye exam visit. Dr. Nate, have you found the same to be true? Um, pretty much. I would say for, for the average parent, the one, you know, just, just the average patient that we, that we see, I don't know that they, that I wouldn't say that most of them are particularly interested in FDA approval. They don't come in like necessarily asking questions about that, but I think it's a game changer overall because one of the things, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that uh, we all used to feel uh, a little nervous about talking about myopia control because there was no, uh, you know, there was no FDA real option specifically, you know, for that. So the whole category was sort of like, well, you know, yes, there's different products that are, you know, approved for, uh, you know, uh, refractive corrections, you know, so that you can see and say so they're all, you know, they're safe and they're approved and they're available. But, you know, we were all, we were always kind of cautious. Um, and not to say that we should be irresponsible in what we're, what we're saying. That's, that's not what I'm promoting, but it is just a total game changer. And I will say this, while we don't get a lot of people calling specifically, Oh, I would like an FDA approved product. It's pretty much the only service that we provide. Uh, in the myopia control realm, well, people will ask for a product by name. That just doesn't, that's never happened in any other way. And so, so, uh, so I really do think it's, it is an absolute, it's an absolute game changer for the whole, you know, for the whole specialty. Yeah, absolutely. And as we were talking about this, Amina, I'm reminded of the story that you shared with me. Your favorite MySight experience was actually the first patient that you fit in the lens, wasn't it? Can you tell us about that? that? I love this one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is, it truly is my favorite story. So I met him in 2019 and that was his first eye exam. He came in and he was 
about a diopter and a quarter in both eyes. Of course, I introduced the idea of myopia management. My site was not an option, but I talked about every other option that we could do. And mom just kind of took in that information and they weren't ready to get started with that. So they ended up just doing single vision distance glasses. I encouraged them to set up a six month follow-up just so we could see how we're trending, how quickly we're progressing. Unfortunately, I didn't see them for that. So they, they didn't come back for that, but they came back for his annual eye exam, which was April of 2020. So it was right when my site had launched and he had changed from that minus one and a quarter to minus three, which was substantial. And so I was able to like recount the last discussion. Remember when I talked about X, Y, and Z? Well, this is how much he's changed, demonstrated that to them drove home the idea that this is fast progression. It's much quicker than we would anticipate or like to see. And then talked about now there's a new FDA approved lens. It's a soft daily disposable contact lens. And it's actually showing progression, 59% slowing of progression, which is extremely effective. It's one of the most effective options that we have out there. And mom was ready to get started. So they were our first MySight patient in the office. And then I saw him back this past April. And he was still a minus three, three, a minus three, three and a quarter. He didn't change. Whatever he was, he was the same as when we started MySight, which I know that's not the story for everybody. And we do still expect some level of change. But to go from not taking action, that big jump, taking action and no change, like what other what better textbook story could you come up with? So it's great. It was very exciting. Mom brought the younger brother in and he got started the next month and she sent a couple of uh, baseball teammates of theirs in. And so it's been a big practice management success as well. But, you know, of course the big success is that he didn't change. <laughs> I know there's so much that's great about that story, um, not only from the outcomes, but just the serendipitous timing of how those timelines kind of shook out. And again, with the word of mouth, right? Right. Uh, it's yes. just the most important element. How about you, Dr. Nate? Any any particular experiences or, or moments with with that lens or any other that, that just stand out to you in our last few minutes here? Um so so I definitely have um you know we have some patients who um previously were in um, ortho-K and um, for one reason or another, discontinued ortho-K. And, you know, the the look of total just excitement on these kids' faces when they're wearing my site, when, you know, lots of our ortho-K patients are very successful and very happy, and that's where we want them to be. But the ones that discontinued weren't necessarily happy for some reason. And so now to have this option, which they are like totally comfortable in and totally happy, mom's happy because they know they're still getting that, you know, protection from, you know, from, from progression. So that's, that's happened on a number of, of occasions. But the, the ones that we talk about, um, a lot are the fact that, you know, we have, um, multiple, uh, patients who are like my own kids. Um, our, you know, practice management, uh, um, practice manager are, uh, you know, we have two opticians, you know, I don't like to throw it out there in a, in a, in a cheesy way, but, you know, matter of factly, you know, um, you know, 
we we believe in this with with our own you know our own children and so does the the staff you know and they're really you know they're really you know happy about their you know their their experience and, and I feel like that um I feel like that does go a long way in in talking to parents because if this was you know a lot of them haven't heard of this before and it does take a little while you know and I think if they thought like oh this is like really experimental or this is so new, you know, I, I don't trust it. Um, you know, I think the fact that, uh, you know, our, you know, we have our own, you know, own kids who do it makes a big difference. Yeah, I think you hit on one of my favorite patient education phrases, if you will, for all the years that I was in practice, regardless of what we were talking about. And that was, if it was me or my family, this is what I would do. And there's so much power in that. Like, Oh, wow. She feels strongly enough that if I was her family member sitting here, the recommendation would be the same. And I mean, that's meaningful to the patients that we talk with, for sure. Well, hey, we've been going for a while now. I think we're about out of time. I wish we could just continue this conversation forever and ever because this has been really enjoyable. Um, thank you both so much for joining me here today. Um, and thank you for everything you're doing out there for kids with myopia. So thank you and have a great day. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us both.